Any progress recording indeed. Chelsea fans, fans of the game. Might be a few sneaky Arsenal fans in there. Who knows? It's chaos over here. We are back with another episode of the Sign Dan Talk Chelsea podcast. It is podcast one, two, three, and it's taking everything in me not to sing ABC by Jackson 5, but I won't do it. I won't do it because we've got a guest on, right? If it wasn't a guest, I'll be honest with you guys, I'd be knees deep in Michael Jackson and Jackson 5 <laughs> right now. But we're going to move on. We're going to be mature this week. As you heard, a little chuckle there. We've got a great guest on. First time guest. Can't believe it. We were just talking off there how we've never had him on before. I don't know how, but he is on. He is here. Before we bring him in, we'll bring in the uh, the usual suspect, the main man himself, Cy Phillips, back in the house. How are we doing, sir? Yeah, I don't get these same intros as our guests yet, do I, anymore, Dan? It's just like, yeah, he's here. He's here again. Yeah, this guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's back. I'm good, thanks, mate. Yeah, just enjoyed my birthday this week, obviously, and uh, don't like it. It's, it's just getting old. It's, it's not fun anymore, is it? Yeah, you get to that point, didn't you? I suppose you're what, 54 now? You get to that point where you just, you know, you hate him. The birthdays are not even fun yeah. anymore. You hate him. Yeah, hit your 50s, that's it, mate. It's all downhill. <laughs> <laughs> well done, mate. Well done. Nicely, ta- nicely taken. You've got a nice weekend coming up, though, I believe, right, with the missus. So yeah, nice. yeah, yeah, I am, mate. The wife is taking me away to Devon. I mean, the weather's horrendous, but we'll make the best of it. Uh, I've got a quick question before you bring your guest in, right? On, I've seen, the, I've seen the, uh, the newsletter today, right? And you said, you know, you do a little thing, you little spill, like what's coming up on the weekend. You said, like, I'm going away with the missus. There's no Wi-Fi. I know I'm not the only person wondering this. Why is it every time you go away, there's no Wi-Fi ever? Well, we, I mean, we just go to, like, the middle of nowhere, literally. We, when we go away, we like to literally escape from everything and just go middle of nowhere, some, like, little hut overlooking the sea and just there. Yeah, there's no Wi-Fi or anything. There's probably not even electric. Honestly, it's, it's absolutely rogue. It gives me, like, Bear Grylls vibes, honestly. Yeah, I think, yeah. I think our partners, like, strategically do that too. Because my girl likes to make sure that I'm staying somewhere abroad that has, like, no Wi-Fi connection, no nothing. And we're like, babes, like, you're killing me right now. Like, you're absolutely <laughs> killing me right now. You know I need to be... I don't want to be online, but I have to be online. So, yeah, I understand, man. Honestly, the life of a... Uh... See, here's where I'm going to get battered, right? Because someone the other day on Twitter came at me and was like, oh, you're the kind of guy that calls yourself a content creator. And I'm actually really not. I don't ever call myself that. But I was just about to say, life of a content creator, and now he's going to batter me. But I don't care. Find me. Let's go. Um, but yeah, that's it. Anyway, you've heard his voice. I'm sure you recognise it. He's a big name in the game. He's a big face in the game. He's a big voice in the game. Blue Lion TV. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't saying it. You can say it. I ain't saying it. Everyone's thinking it, though. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's been around the game, there and back. We were just talking off air. I think the last time we spoke, you know, collaborating was probably, might have been the Sarri day. So that tells you how long the guy's been doing bits for. Obviously, like I said, big name of the game. Super excited to have him for his first time. Nini FC, a.k.a. Blue Lions TV. Nini, welcome to the show, big man. How you doing? Yeah, appreciate the uh, the intro, man. Very humbled by that, of course. Um, yeah, can't believe it's been that long. Like, I think back when we actually collabed together, you had no beards, you had no uh, facial hair, you had no nothing. You were just a clean, <laughs> fresh-shaven guy. So, yeah, man, welcome to the club. Yeah, it's been a minute, man. It's, it's getting rough out here. This is what Chelsea does to you, man. It's, it's rough out here. It. Tell me about Honestly, it's, it is rough. But I've got Grey's, like, poking out now. It's, it's, it's been oh, a tough no. season. 
And do you know what's bad, yeah? Because I've got long hair now, obviously, right? You know, when you have short hair, a little grey, you can kind of get away with it. But when they're long grey hairs, peak. Yeah, and it's peak. like they, like when you have grey hairs, they just like want to just like point out even more. Like, <laughs> I, I brush yeah. my beard past me and the grey hairs are just sticking out like crazy. It's yeah. not making sense. Age don't care, mate. Age don't care. Nene, obviously, like I said in the intro, big man, you've been doing it for a while. Always been a fan of your content. And we wouldn't... And the reason that that's true, clearly, is because we wouldn't have you on the podcast if we didn't like you, to be honest. Right? Okay. So we're a fan of your content. What I like about your content is, straight to the point, you take emotion out of it. I see you on the timeline saying the kind of same kind of things that I do. Be rational, not emotional. Right? I know it's hard to do, but that's what I like about your content on social side. We'll echo that. Um... Give us your background, Ian, a little bit. You know, how it started for you, even like way back. How you started supporting Chelsea, first and foremost. Um, a bit about your background, like, you know, your childhood in terms of playing even, if you want to throw that in there. Yeah. And then eventually finish it off with how you started kind of, you know, bringing around Blue Lions TV and launching content. Yeah, cool. You know, this is like the first time I think I've ever even like spoken about this too. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be like a, an interesting convo. But I'd probably say that I was like indoctrinated into supporting Chelsea from when I when I was a kid. I remember that when I was like five years old. I remember saying to my dad, I was a Liverpool fan because all my friends in school at the time were Liverpool fans. So yeah, the, the, the scolding he gave me <laughs> the moment I uttered them words. Yeah, it was the right thing though. There's top parents and I'll put my hands up for that. Because obviously, um, yeah, obviously I've been a Chelsea fan my whole life. And I've been really lucky because my dad is like a proper diehard football fan but also Chelsea fan so he's been someone that's been like you know traveling across the world to watch like international tournaments European Cups World Cups um you know going to like the African nations staying there for like a month at a time and shit like that like a proper like diehard football fan so I was quite lucky that obviously growing up we used to sit in the the East Stand Upper at Stamford Bridge and the first game I went to when I was like a little kid was um when we beat Sunderland 4 0. When, like, you know, Gus Poet scored that little um, bicycle scissor kick and the Gianfranco Zola uh, free kick and stuff like that. That was like my first like ever game going. And since then, I was just a season ticket holder throughout. So I was there for the Ranieri times, of course, when Roman Abramovich first took over. Obviously, the great teams in the late, like, uh, you know, 2000s as well, too. And um, yeah, I've been fortunate enough to, to go to like the best games, you know, World Cups, uh, finals, uh, Champions League finals. I was there in Munich as well too. So it's always been something that's been like a part of my life growing up, to be fair. And I think that's why I kind of got the inspiration to, uh, you know, pursue my passion, basically. Uh, like if I was to be brutally honest with you, I was like in a place in my life where I needed a bit of direction. I was trying to like, figure out what can I really do? Yeah. This was like a part-time hobby thing to start with. And then just over time, uh, I was fortunate enough for it to become something where, you know, I could do this full-time. I could do it as a job. There was no like proper plan or goal to make that happen. But I'll be lying if I said that I, I didn't think I could make it happen, if you know what I mean. And yeah. I kind of feel like because I've I've had like a very unique experience in terms of the fact that my dad is like a proper football guy. Um, he taught me a lot about the game. Even sitting in the East Stand Upper, it's just like sitting in that stance, you see the game in a completely different angle because I've sat all over in stadiums, right at the bottom, right at the top, you know, right in the middle gives you like the best like tactical presentation of how the game is. So like growing up seeing why the ball was played here, why the ball was played there, why certain things was happening, that's what started to work in my with my thoughts basically. And then just took it forward from there. 
And um, yeah, it's just been a, a bit of like a, a very unexpected ride because if you told me like when I was like 20, if I'd be doing YouTube, I had no idea at all, to be honest with you. So, um, but I always felt like deep down, I wanted to do something with football. Like I, I tried to play football, but if I was, if I'm being real, my mum never liked me playing football. Like she was really, really against it. She was really, really strict. There was times where I, I had to lie to go to football training and say I got swimming lessons. Ah. I could try and go there. And obviously coaches is like, listen, if you can't really commit, we can't really sign you up or give you any contracts or nothing. So yeah, I had a very like difficult upbringing like that, basically. But um, I've always had the passion for the sport. And I was just like, listen, you know, like we only have one life at the end of the day. I want to do something in my life where it's like, at least let me do something that makes me happy. And then see where I can take it from there. And then somehow I've still been able to do YouTube and, and people aren't tired of seeing my mug just yet. So yeah, ho- hopefully it continues. <laughs> uh, that's good, man. I love that. I've got a lot of time for that. You know, I love how you've gone swimming lessons, by the way. Like, hey, I'm going to allow me to survive. Yeah, here, I used right? to lie so all go. the time. Yeah, yeah, I had to. I had to. Now, you haven't said, you know, I'm going to go play tennis or like, you know, golf, where you're probably unlikely to get hurt. You've gone swimming lessons because you know you've got to have them to survive. So I yeah, like that. Yeah. <laughs> I respect it. I respect, the, I respect the hustle. So, interesting, right? You know, how, um, you know, just kind of wanting to be involved in football. And I love the story about obviously coming from, I mean, your dad, right? It's a typical, it's a lot of stories for a lot yeah. of people, right? Your dad kind of gets you in now. I remember the same thing. I was in the West End on the, uh, kind of in the middle of the West End, actually. Yeah. It does, because I came back last year and I sat, front row of the shed lower against yeah. Brighton when Lou, um, when uh, Danny Welbeck scored that last minute equaliser when Cucurella put it in it's yeah. a completely different it is a different game man different. it is a completely different game but that's what I kind of love about it too because like the lower you are to, to like, the pitch it's like the skill of these guys stands out even more because it's like oh the speed how are you spotting the, the, yeah, the speed like the way that the, the understanding of space but players are shit like that it, it makes you realise this is why these are like the very best, the very best playing against each other because this isn't an easy thing to do at like top, top speed. So um, yeah, yeah, but I was fortunate enough that I was able to like see it from like a different perspective. And again, football's been in, in my family. Like my granddad used to be a football player as well too. He used to play for Hastings United. He actually used to be a play for the academy at Chelsea like years back, probably like the, well, the 30s or 40s or something like that. And even like hit the hit the Hastings uh, United team he played for, but back in the in the thirties, they had like a famous FA Cup game. I, I can't remember what the team is right now, top of my head. But there's a little bit of history there, basically. So um, yeah, I kind of feel like slowly in, in, in this family, like you know, I, I guess we're slowly getting closer to hopefully someone being a football player. And I'm, I'm hoping maybe one day when I've got a son or a few <laughs> of them at least, <laughs> I hopefully someone's seven. gonna make it. Yeah, have yeah. seven and then the odds go up that you might get one that'll uh, yeah. that'll make you know that'll hopefully make my girl it. can uh, can withstand that, but we'll see. We'll find out. We'll find a way. All the best, Mrs. Nini. All the best. <laughs> you know, we wish you we wish you the best. Love in that that Mrs. Nini, yeah, she like that one. <laughs> <laughs> She's gonna like that one. Yeah, yeah. We'll let her have that one. So, um, interesting. Like I said, interesting background. I mean, I'm sure I, I'll, I'll throw the question back to you, right? In, in the way side that did you ever see yourself kind of doing something like this full time when you were kind of growing up as a Chelsea fan and a kid? Not, not in a million years, mate. Not in a million years. I, I've never been like, um, I think some people are just natural in front of the camera or like on podcasts. I've never been like that. Like I've always been, writing's always been my thing. Um, yeah. I, can, I can express much better when I, when I write it down rather than in front of the camera. But 
it's, it's a similar story to, to, you know, a lot of us that are doing something. Obviously, I'm now being paid to create content as a full-time living, and it's not something that I ever had a dream or an aspiration to do, but it is now my dream job because I never would have expected to, to have done that, you know. I, I was thinking about trying to join the police and God knows, you know, other routes. I never went to uni, and it's just it's just kind of all fallen into place. And, and I think a lot of people have a similar story and a similar background to that, people that are doing this now. and lucky enough to call this our full-time job facts yeah. facts and if you work if you do what you love every day then you're a blessed man 100 percent, mm. no doubt about it and whatever way that is by the way it could be like you say content creation coaching playing anything yeah. um fantastic now great start to the part uh, to the part to the show love it Nini, let's, let's get emotional everton um well, i mean just thoughts on it right obviously the late goals or the late equalizer from sims at the end there makes it for like a defeat for a lot of people yeah um you know, Chelsea had moments of playing well. I think we can all agree on that, even if you are, you know, the worst, the, the biggest uh, grandpa I hate a fan, yeah. whatever. Um, two individual errors, I think. Especially one, you can, you can maybe go to. Mm. What are your thoughts on it in general? I'll kind of give you a little synopsis there. What are your thoughts on the game in general? Um, for me, I've got positives and negatives on that game. I felt like one positive was the fact that I felt like we were starting to find solutions against low block teams because I've, I think our biggest weakness for the past like five years now or even longer is that when we play against teams that like restrict the spaces, that defend deep, we don't have the solutions. Like we used to have Eden Hazard that can make something happen from nothing in those moments. Yeah. But even then we played kind of counter-attacking uh, for, for large, you know, sections of those seasons under him. But um, I felt like Against Everton, I was seeing some hope and some signs of, oh, we're actually creating good opportunities. These aren't like half-chance opportunities. Like this nice combo play, there's nice width. I think we saw the tactics after. You're seeing out the, the average position of all these guys and the balance was actually sick throughout. And um, I felt like we did the right things there. And there's definitely positives to take from that. But I think, as you said, Dan, obviously the, the individual errors in the end, which has also been another thing with us over the past few years, is that we can undermine the good work we do in game because maybe in certain moments, you know, we don't, we either don't capitalize by killing teams off or we allow them to come back because of a few minutes of sloppiness. And in the Premier League, the moment you your intensity is off just by a little bit, like you're going to get found out. And that's like the great thing about this league, right? But um, I don't know. I, I kind of felt like this game kind of sums up the season a little bit. Like it's not all negatives. There are positives. There are good things we're doing. But at the same time, you know, we need to try and find ways to get over these like fatal like flaws and errors that keep coming up in our game all the time. And and um, until we can find that best balance of, balance of both, it is going to be hard to really push on. But um, but yeah, it wasn't all doom and gloom. Obviously, it did feel like a defeat because we were the better team. We should have won, and we kind of like blew it for ourselves basically. So um, I'm hoping these guys come back after international break with new mentality. Hopefully, you're fully fit. Touch yeah. words, fingers crossed, praise the God, whatever, and then yeah. take it from there then. Well, as long as this shows us a call-up content, I think we're sound. That's obviously part of it. But yeah. I agree with you there. I agree with everything you said there. Bit of both. Um, you know, <clears throat> that's part of the process though, right? And I'll throw it over to you, Si, next. But that's part I was kind of my spill here, I guess. I'm not sure anybody cares about it. But, you know, my spill is like, you know, that's part of the process. And the process is that we still have, we have players that are going to take us forward in our new process and yeah. our new journey. And there's players who are still around who are not going to be part of that journey. And mm-hmm. typically it's the players who are not going to be part of that journey that are holding us back, hence process. Yeah. Right. And that's why we're not back yet. That's why we're not going to be back for the season. We're not, we might not even be 
back next season. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's going to be because of we can't clear out everybody because we're going to have to learn this whole new style, like you say, Nene. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's part of the process, which people, I, I still remember people signed up for that in the summer when before Potter came. People were signing up for that. They were very aware that this might take two, three years. Yeah. And now he's in and they've actually realized what is going down and what a process actually looks like. They're not having no it. No one likes it. Yeah, I know. It's, 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 it's such like a, a crazy thing for me because like on one side, obviously like, you know, we're fans, we're not going to be happy after results. We all have that. But I guess it's yeah. like how we interpret those results and how we let that affect us. Because of, maybe because we're a bit older, like we've been there, we've done that. We've been there yeah. for like many, many years. And like after a while, it feels a bit weird if you're getting older and you're still like having like proper meltdowns, like you were like 16 years old. You know what I mean? <laughs> Doesn't really make too much sense to me. But um, no, facts. facts. You know what I mean? Facts. But I, I do feel like um, it's not necessarily all doom and gloom. And I think... There's like, obviously, like every season I, I learned something about the game, yeah. And I kind of feel like maybe before mm. I had like more naive opinions about like how easy it is to transition a team away to play a new way, right? But like when you think about what training sessions are used for, it's used to like, you know, like re, uh, you know, re-intensify like certain ideas, certain ways of playing X, Y, Z. That takes a while to like really break down that type of like codes that's that stuck in the players, right? And I feel like the only way to do that is by time, and by signing the right players to help you adapt a bit quicker and faster. And I mean, this has been a mad season. I mean, I'd, I've never seen a season like this for any club where a club is rechanging everything during a season. Like, that's never happened before. I, I don't remember seeing it before. 100%. And by the way, it's not been peak Premier League football either, apart from Arsenal. Yeah. City are not flying. Liverpool ain't flying. Yeah. United are coming back, but they're not exactly flying, are they? Let's be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, it, it, I do think it's part of, obviously, the calendar. People, they're just playing too many games. There's quality's dropped. No, there's more mistakes than ever. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we're not the only ones. And, so I come to you now, uh, just to kind of throw my, again, finish my part off, would be, Nini mentioned it, I mentioned it, you mentioned it. Because I called 1-1 last week. I said this is going to be 1-1 against Evan. And the reason I said that, and Simon was like, and he understood why I said it, but... I said, we're not back yet. Yeah. We're playing on Stanford Bridge, which is a tight pitch as it is, against a Dutch team who are mm. just going to come out and they're going to be animals, right? And that is, people were like, oh, we're back. We're going to smash them. They're shit. It's a super language, et cetera, et cetera. Never, it's never like that in the Premier League. It's never that easy. It's never that simple, you know? Yeah. Um, so, you know, that, all those things made that game what it was. And like you say, the last three years, we found it really hard to kill teams off. Yeah. We really have. So no, all those points contribute to that. So I've round us up with Everton. What do you think? Yeah, I'll just I'll just speak on something that hasn't been mentioned because I agree with everything else that was said there. But I think I, I've always said that um, you know I'm not going to be too annoyed or disappointed at the end of the game if I see people if I see a whole team you know putting in 100 percent effort then I'm happy. Um, the result was really frustrating, so I'm, I'm obviously going to be frustrated at that last minute goal for you know for Everton and, and drop the points because it was drop points and it felt like a loss but I didn't see players giving up I didn't see them not fighting for the second ball and that's all I want that's all I want to see at this point in, in the season is just that effort and that intensity and that's there that's been there for the last four games now um, so I, I've been quite content you know I wasn't too angry after the game and and I saw the positives like you guys have mentioned as well and the fact that the players are still trying and putting it in got the mentality it's coming back slowly but it's there and you can see it and that's the main thing for me right now and that's a, a major plus point 
A good point. Simple, simple creatures, football fans, are yeah. very fickle, as we said last couple of weeks. I, w- I would say good. one thing, though. I do feel like, obviously, like you can criticise, but I feel like there's yep. levels of criticism. I feel like a lot of times the criticism just, like, boards over to, like, hating. And when you're hating, the points you're making don't really make too much sense. And it's just like... Mm-hmm. You're going, you're doing a bit too much, but I mean, I, I, I mean, there are observations that, for example, most times when we score goals, there's like a little period of a drop off after every goal we score. And I thought it was so funny because I had to break down the stats after that game. I and mean, you're seeing like the threat reports afterwards. Every time we scored a goal, or, or, when we tried to get a goal, we were literally up here. After we scored, we dips all the way down, and Everton get, got back in the game. And, mm-hmm. and obviously, that like, for me, maybe the thing was. The only times Everton were really able to uh, like create attacks against us was when we sat back and they were getting things from set pieces. Like, you don't want to give that Everton Sean Dyche team opportunities and set. Look how big that Everton team was, for God's sake. You know what I mean? Like, he's not got that uh, mad midfield as well, Calvert Lewin up front and was even playing, I can't remember. But it's like we invited that pressure onto ourselves when we could have maybe played a different way at home to obviously to maintain our intensity whilst limiting what they do. So I feel like. There's definitely areas there for Porter to be able to work upon things because we do can see quite a lot of second half goals that kind of change the game for us. Obviously, 100%. ain't going to be perfect, but if Porter can find a few more tweaks or game management solutions just to try and maintain the possession intensity a little bit, that could probably save us a few more points and, and prevent a few more goals at least. Yeah, great point, Nini. And again, I'll finish it off with part of the process again. Potter doesn't learn and implement new changes until these things actually happen, right? And he's yeah. going to recognise now that we've sat back too many times when we've gone up. The Colin Gallagher sub is becoming a bit mundane, like the whole yeah. Ross Barkley, was it Kovacic thing? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You know, and he's, he, the only way he learns from that is if that happens. And I'm hoping now that he's seen that and he's learned that. And I think now we'll start to slow, hopefully start to slowly see, hey, Let's go get another one. Let's put Mudrick on. Let's put Madawaki on and go get another one. And if we don't see that, then we can criticise. But, you know, he's only going to learn one way, right? And it's actually happening. So, hopefully, no, good discussion, that. And let's go to the goalkeeper, Nini. Um, I know the answer to the question, so I'm just going to say it. Who's going to be... Who do we need to go for? I'm not going to say do we, because you know we do. Who do we need to go for for the new keeper? And I'm not hating on Kepa. I I love that Kepa's come back. I love the resurgence. I'm a big advocate of mental health and the, the fact that he's come Hundreds. back from where he was is amazing mm-hmm. nothing short of amazing from the guy because he was deep he was bad so respect to it I think he can go to La Liga play top three four clubs I think he can go yeah. to mid table even top eight Premier League team and have a good career he's just not going to be Chelsea's number one for the next five seven years who's he yeah. going to be who should it be uh, that's such a hard one because you know what in the summer they're, like the the market for goalkeepers is actually amazing because like most times, how often can you sign a goalkeeper anyway? Because that's like one of the positions where there's not many transfers that happen at the goalkeeper goalkeeper uh, goalkeeper position. But um, mm. I'm looking at a few names like the three I actually like the most. Obviously, Mike Magnon from AC Milan mm-hmm. looks like elite class. Uh, Diogo Costa from FC Porto. This guy looks top quality too. And one guy I, I like, maybe it's because I've seen Inter Milan playing the Champions League a lot, but Onada's been so sick in the Champions League and he's made so many important saves. And like, this guy is really good at playing out from the back to as like a sweeper keeper. Because it feels like that's what Porter wants, like a, a goalkeeper that can play outside his books, be involved in the build-up and, and obviously spray passes to find guys. So like these three keepers are guys that are really good at the ball. I feel like they're good at like commanding themselves like from like claiming crosses and catches and shit like that and um 
yeah, I feel like they're good with their reflexes too. So um, I, I say that though, because I think for Kepa, his massive flaw and weakness has always been from set pieces. And I kind of feel like you can't be like an elite level club and your goalkeeper is so weak when it comes to claiming and having authority in those positions. Because for that equaliser, or, or like the first equaliser, like if that was Mendy, he never concedes from those positions. That's his ball every single time. And I do feel like if you want to like minimise opportunities for teams to have like chances against you, like signing the right player that has like less weaknesses can just like give you like a little point increase when it comes to having an advantage over teams. And I think we need that against teams like the Everton's or, or Prem teams that will score goals against you from set pieces and stuff like that. So like any one of them three keepers for me, I think I'd be like happy with to be fair. But um, but I do want to say shout out to Kepa though, because what you said about mental health is correct. And listen, this is like one of those uh, like playing at the top is it's, it's ruthless. When you're in like any top position in any field, in any business, it's doggy dog worlds, you know what I mean? And a lot of times some people fail not because they're not good enough, but because of the mentals right here. So I think yeah. it's actually a really positive story that Kev has been able to overcome that come back and maybe it's a discussion on not to write players off so quickly when if you just support them a bit you know they can come back and, and I have to say credit to Kepa because he has been good for us this season Facts Facts well said uh, I like the names that you said interesting that no David Raya and Sanchez are not being thrown in and I agree with you by the way I said it on the pod last week I've, I've, Sanchez no way and, and Raya he doesn't he just doesn't fill me with the confidence that he could be a top yeah, which hopefully we will be again for yeah. five to ten years. You know what I'm saying? I think he's good where he's at, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I know he's obviously rejecting contracts and he's, he's eyeing up a move. I don't blame yeah. him. He, sh- he should be a bit. I just don't see him as. And another thing, Nini, is I'm a big look. I am a I'm a, I'm a football geek, right? Like I'm a yeah. coach. I coach full time, and I love the ball on the ground, spraying the ball around. Like I'm not. I'm no long ball merchant. Like, I like to see good football, and I'd love to see my keeper. Honestly, he can do growth turns and rainbows if he wants. You know, I want to see my keeper with good yeah. feet. But yeah. but we can't deny it. The first job of a keeper is to be good with their hands, be good in the air and make saves. Yeah. And, you know, the reason that I'm not having Sanchez and Raya is because I think Raya's obviously better than Sanchez. But yeah. Raya, you know, Brentford don't give a credit to them. They don't give away that many clear-cut chances, right? Mm-hmm. And that's probably why his stats are so good. But he also has considered more than he probably should for the chances they're giving away. At Chelsea, we should probably give away less chances, right? The yeah. chances we are going to give away are, you know, the less likely chance. But Kepa's still conceding them. And I think yeah. Raya's not really much of an upgrade on that either, you know? Yeah. So I look at the kind of names that you said, a bit more commanding, good shot stoppers, especially mine and um, AC Gunnar. He's a fantastic shot stopper. Um, yeah. So I think we need that first. And my personally, my favourite keeper on the market is Diogo Costa. I've said that from yeah, day yeah. one, I think. So he's, he's the one that feels me with confidence. But I think I first agree. and foremost, we've got to get someone that's good with the ball in their hands because, yeah. you know, it is important. It wins so- Petacek, love him, legend, yeah. won us so many points. He was he was not that great with his feet. I know the game's changed. I know that. I'm not stupid. But... We got away with it with Kepa, like uh, sorry, with with Petacek, and he went that great with his feet. I'd take the keeper smashing it long every time. Yeah. That means he's going to save us points every time. So si, I'll come to you real quick. Thoughts on yeah. thoughts on Nini's free, and then what's your preference? Go on. I, I, I like Nini's free, but I'm going to throw a question back to both of you. Actually, mm. go to Nini first. But I, I've been speaking this week about goalkeepers quite a bit on the site, and 
I'm quite keen to see us get a taller goalkeeper because obviously I know you don't have to be tall to be a world-class goalkeeper. There's been loads of examples of that and some keepers have got a better leap and a better starting position and stuff and know how to come and claim a ball. But do you think, Nini, do you think that um, we should go for a taller goalkeeper? Because I was, I was looking at Diogo Costa, I think it's the same height as Kepa. So yeah. and a lot of people were saying Kepa's too small. He's not good at coming for crosses. His reach is not as, as long, obviously, naturally trying to save a, a goal. Uh, do you think that's something that we should be looking at, a, a more taller goalkeeper? I think I, I definitely get what you mean, because obviously we've seen the benefits of having Mendy, a, a taller goalkeeper that's claiming things. But I think what also helps Mendy is that he weighs quite a lot too. I think he's like over 95 kilograms or something like that. And having that type of like muscle density is going to, give you like a big advantage when it comes to claiming for stuff. And I think it's this, this technique with this handling. Like, like I've always felt like Mendy could probably, I'm sure this guy's probably sick at playing basketball, to be fair with you, because like it's literally <laughs> glue to his hands when he's just like claiming these balls in the air. But um, I don't know. I feel like Kepler just isn't as good at that type of stuff. And obviously I know what you mean by like height playing a big part, but I feel like if at least, if you're at least like what, six two, six three, that's like bare minimum height for a keeper. Yeah. Like, if you have the right, like, mentality or, like, you know, better technique at handling and claiming and stuff like that, I feel like you can kind of overcome that. I feel like, well, Edison and Allison are, like, what, 6-3-2, right? Or are they, like, Casillas. a bit taller? Casillas. Okay. But he was short. He was, like, six foot, right? Yeah, but he still came out. He, his yeah. spring was mental and he came out Mad and he demanded, he demanded his box. He really did. Yeah. And I feel like... I don't, Kepa, I, don't think, I don't think Khan was that big either. Yeah. I feel like I can't like fully remember like Khan's game like that, but I, I, yeah, I definitely like take what you're saying. But I feel like the height doesn't necessarily translate all the time to being better in dealing with these situations. But um, I feel like, for example, like Dan, what you were saying about like, Diogo Costa, like, I feel like this is like a the reason why I like him is that he he is like complete in different like aspects of the game, right? Like you know, certain guys is only good at doing one thing or the other. Yeah, that's sick if your team is gonna like incorporate that, but sometimes if you can get like that special player that can do more like like an Enzo Fernandez where like there's no one really like him that can do everything in midfield like what he does like if you can have a chance to get them go and get them and I do think that Diogo Costa what is 22-23 like I think he's the best keeper in uh, in the Portuguese league you'll only get better as the years go on as well too which is like another exciting thing I feel like and he's like he's definitely going to be the, the future goalkeeper for Portugal for the next 10 years easily right now I feel like this is a guy that I, I, you know also too I like the Portuguese mentality I feel like in that country yeah I don't know what it is about Portuguese people but they have an inner self-belief in them that I don't know how it, where it comes from I'd love to find out but like if, if I'm see if it's either Mourinho or players I'll be watching like flipping MasterChef and there'll be like Portuguese chefs there and they'll just be gasping <laughs> completely like I'm the God's gift and shit like that I think it's like a it says a lot about their like mentality to be fair and um that's a, you always that's a have success point, Portuguese players. That's a good point, that Nini. And the Spanish are the same, by the way. The Spanish yeah. proper rate themselves as well. Fair play to them. So yeah. maybe it's something in the water over there. But that's a great point. But Sai, you do make it's a valid point that a taller goalkeeper would probably solve a lot of problems, mm. to be honest. It's just hard that we can't find one that does it all, like a Neuer, who's big, hey, but he's you also. Let me just even give you a quick name. Like, you know, one guy on Twitter gave me another goalkeeper for Burnley. Uh, what's his name, Mirich or something like that. He's like, I think he used to play for Man City as a younger, he's like a tall guy and his mm. kicking range is, is stupid. Like he he can hit it like Edison literally and get it into the penalty books from his from, from his own books. 
Um, I know he's having like a really good season for Burnley. Like he was like that name I never heard of that was getting my interest because like he's got the height, he's got the strength, he's got the kicking range and stuff like that. And obviously if you're playing for company, you have to be pretty decent on the ball like playing for them. So I was going to say, shock company's got him after obviously Guardiola getting Edison in. He knows exactly yeah, what he's he doing knows, there. He knows. He learned yeah, a few things. It's 100%. 100%. <laughs> Good points there on the, uh, on the keeper. Sorry, anything there before we move on? Um, no, just looking at Murich. He's um, he's six foot six. Yeah. He's massive. That's a big boy, that. Uh, a yeah, 20, 24 years age, uh, 24 years old, six foot six. He's a big boy. Wow. Fair play. Well done, company. He's a good gaffer, to be fair. I've yeah, got yeah. a lot of time for him. Captain. Uh, Neely, captain. That's all captains. Um, yeah, right. I, I, I st- and I, I'm not, this is not definitely not a hate, because obviously anyone on this podcast knows we don't hate on Mason Mount. It's yeah. mad how we've gone from <laughs> a year ago saying... He's definitely going to be skipper. He's definitely going to be club captain for 10 years to where we are now. Uh, And I'll just kind of start with that and we'll move on to, you know, Kovacic has got it on a temporary basis right now. First and foremost, what are your thoughts on that? Second, um, who should be our future captain moving forward? I think it's honestly one of the hardest ones because we don't have like a proper, like, like bait, bait natural. Like, we've been blessed by having John Terry as your captain. Like, he's like the captain of of football, in my opinion. Like, but no captain is, is more of a captain. Than John Terry, yeah. Um, yeah. but I do feel like going back to cover, I think it's because of experience to be fair. Temporarily, yeah. he's the captain, and um, obviously, in terms of the future, like for me, I thought it would have to be Mason Mount to be fair with you. Um, you know, I, I, I believe in like the sentimental aspects in football, and I don't care that he's English or whatever, and it's the fact that he came from the academy as a kid, they're the type of storylines I like. I, I don't understand why that type of aspects of the game is kind of like reduced no one cares I kind of feel like that's what football's always been about no just like the guy coming up from the academy from your club and being the club legend that's like the dream everyone had when who are trying to play football so I don't know why that is something that's dismissed these days uh, especially for a guy like Mason who's like he, for me he would probably be my captain because like if you got the respect to your teammates or the managers and then you're also actively doing things to help the club like during the sanction days helping the youth teams offering support mentorship i'm sorry that's what captains do and the fact that that is something that people can't relate to now personally i think it's just the social media crap to be fair with you but um i think for me it would uh, just mace amount to be fair i think i don't see any players complaining about that yeah no it's fair point even would you still make it mace amount next season even after all he's gone through for sure. And, and it's, personally, I've got a little bit of hope because I don't think, listen, Bali and Cora, they're just not idiots. People try and force this fact that they're like American investors. They don't really know what they're doing. These guys know what they're doing because they hire the people to take control of that. I, I like to think and hope that solutions can be found because I don't think Mount should accept like a, 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 a super long-term deal, seven, eight years. I think there has to be a bit of flexibility, a little bit. So hopefully they can find a workaround at least, but um, but yeah, I still have hopes that he's going to be with us because I think he's got a lot more years where he can improve. I think he's already shown his importance for us over the years, and I like to think that if he can play in a position that suits him a lot more, that the stuff you know he can do in midfields, you're going to see an even better player that's learned so much from playing here, playing there, doing this role, doing that role. I just think like the education he's built up over the years can really make him a special midfield player if he can find a position that suits him now. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you, sure. I, we have to keep him. I think everybody's in, in line with that. Uh, so, I, 
For you, I, I'm assuming you you agree with the commentary thing. It's, it's on experience. I think it'd be hard to disagree with that. I think that's pretty obvious. Everybody he's got it because of the experience factor um, and because of the weight he carries in the dressing room. We are, we've been told, right, so a few times, he's quite a vocal guy, actually, Mr. Dobicic. We've heard mm. he's quite a vocal guy in the dressing room and around the place. Um, so, Sai, I'm assuming you agree with that on competition. Two, who should your future catch him? Well, for you, who should your future catch him in Chelsea? I wouldn't say that I agree with Kovacic being captain, but I can understand why he's been picked. Yeah. But I personally think it would have been an, an ideal opportunity now where we've not really got anything left to play for in the league um, to give it to Rhys James until Thiago Silva comes back because I don't think Rhys James is the perfect captain yet, but I think he's got uh, an opportunity to, to get there. I think he could learn on the job kind of thing, grow into the role, and I think he could get a lot better at being a captain. At the moment, he's not quite there. Um, but I think this would have been a good opportunity to just let, let him have it and let him learn as a captain. Because there's no, there's, you know, OK, there's always pressure, but there's no, you know, we're not fighting for top spot. We're not fighting for top four. So it would have been a perfect chance for, for him to have that. And, but I understand, as I say, I understand the reasoning for Kovacic's experience, leadership. Yeah, you know, there, is, there isn't any other options really um, other than him right now. So I can see that. But... Long term, yeah, I agree. Mason Mount, if he signs his new deal, um, yeah, if he you know refines some of his form again, yeah, because he's the only one in that squad for me who is closest to being a, a an all round captain. He's got everything, um, you know, leadership on the pitch, off the field, like Neen said, with everything he does there. You know, his words always seem to be appropriate, and what he says is right after games. And and I think that if he got his on pitch form sorted out, I think he'd be a really good captain for Chelsea going forward. And obviously, if if he signed that contract extension, and yeah, I, I totally agree. Mason's probably our best bet. Yeah, I'd, ha- I'd be happy. Good points. I'd be happy with either, to be honest, Reece James or, or Mason Mount. Um, I, I'll, I'll, you know, they're two different captains for sure. And I think there's two different captains in the game now. Jordan Henderson is more Mason Mount, vocal, get up for it. You know, and Ilkay Gundogan is captain a lot for Man City, who's more like Reece James. Quiet, leads by example, point. calm kind of point. And it's changed. The game has changed, right? Because back in the day, Tony Adams, Nemanja yeah. Vidic, John Terry, you can, all absolute passion merchants. And I loved it. You know, yeah. I was, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a fan of that. I think that's a traditional captain. Game's changed. Quiet leadership's becoming more and more of a thing. Hence Carlo Ancelotti, hence his book. Hence these captains now coming through, like Gundogan. And, and, and I'm going to, Nini, I'll throw it to you for one minute and we'll move yeah. on fast because you're the guest. But... The captain's role has changed over the years. And, you know, it is interesting that Man City are so good, obviously. You know, they're still good, whether they're second right now in the league, right? And also, I'm just having that year. They're still, I think, the best team in the Premier League when they're on four. Gundogan's their captain a lot of the time, right? And he is not a passion merchant, really, by any stretch of the imagination. So, is it, is it what I'm trying to say is, the character's role has definitely changed, but has it also become reduced? Is it not as important as it used to be, or has it just changed? I think that's, uh, to be fair, like the points he made were things I didn't realise, like Gundogan, and obviously, like, you know, your reasoning behind that, I thought that was interesting, and it gave me something to think about there. Um, to be honest, I don't have the answer behind something like that. Like, I- I'm like you, I grew up with, you know, your Terry's and, you yeah. know, Adams and all these types of guys. Maybe, like, uh, you know, the squad culture is a bit different now. Maybe everything's a bit more, like, egalitarian duties are more shared and it's like you know quiet influence in the field or maybe it just depends on like you know the, the overall personalities of the squad really you know what I mean maybe that's 
that can like determine and affect what makes a better captain for one club compared to another club. So um, uh, I think it's interesting. I, I like what you guys are saying about Reese James for that. And I think Mason Mount too. Uh, me personally, I, I like to see someone who's like vocal. Like one guy who I, like back in the day, who I was surprised and then get more like, you know, captaincy duties actually was David Luiz because when he used to play, like he was constantly on the field, talking to people, pointing there, making things happen, bringing people back together and showing that proper leadership type of personality. Like That's what I want to see for my players in the field. Like who is setting the example in terms of how I perform and how I'm playing. And I feel like maybe that's, I, I, I tend to see that more from a Mason Mount and, and Jorginho at the time he was here too, compared uh, and Silvers and Aspies compared to others in the team. So I think the one guy that could have potential, but unfortunately he doesn't speak English. And I'm sorry, like you need to, I, I feel like for any captain in any club in, in any country, anywhere, I'm always going to think like, if, if you're Real Madrid, your captain has to be Spanish. If you're yeah. in Italy, your captain has to be Italian. I mean, if you're in Philippine, you know, like Russia, same thing, right? So um, I think Enzo Fernandez has potential because he's a proper leader on the field. But he kind of reminds you of like Michael Balak in the sense where listen, Balak is like a like, was like a captain himself too. Leader. A leader. Yeah. If we can have a captain and more leaders on the fields, that is yes, that is the key to winning games, really. Because there's gonna be times, listen, like, but this is the highest level of football. Like, I feel like as fans, we can forget we're watching the very best against the very best. So there's gonna be times when no matter how good you are, you're gonna suffer against your position no matter where they are on the table. And it's during the moments when you suffer, that's when the leadership and those intangibles come out. Because it's like, how are we going to get past that and find a solution to get back in the game or keep the lead or do whatever? And I think that, you know, we've signed some smart players that have that leadership potential in other positions that can complement having the captain as well too. So I'm liking the thinking behind what we're doing in terms of, you know, how to like balance the squad out. But um, I know I'm giving a really long-winded answer, but uh, <laughs> I, agree, I agree with your points about the Gunnigan and that. But I feel like what you guys are saying, Mount Reese James, I think they're the only two ones for me right now. Yeah, no, but good point. I mean, it'd be nice to see an academy prospect come through and oh, be yeah. captain of the first team. It would just be, you know, like you said, the, the love affair of football, you know, we can't lose that. You know, it is the people's game. It's the world game. And we, those kind of things bring that back, right? Yeah. And that, that inspires a lot more people than people even realise, right, seeing that. So I need one minute from each of you on this. So we'll go to Cy first. Ted Lasso marketing campaign, right? It's caused a <laughs> lot of noise, right? And I'm actually shocked it's got... I'm shocked. And I'm, I'm actually, <laughs> do you know what? I'm not shocked, actually. I should be. Oh, no, man. <laughs> the yeah, yeah. anger that it's caused, right? For those who have been in a cave the last few days... Um, they did a market. We've been doing a marketing campaign with Ted Lasso, right? I think all clubs are going to be doing it, to be honest. Predominantly Chelsea, more so, probably because they used to have a bridge in the show. Yeah. Um, Roy Kent is obviously a character in the show that's built a lot of, you know, and I think the whole Richmond vibe gives off a lot of Chelsea vibes in a lot of ways, to be honest. They changed the Ray Wilkins banner uh, in their marketing of that, which was shared on the socials and everything, right? Um, they changed it to Roy, as in Roy Kent instead of Ray, obviously for Ray Wilkins. Sorry, first, what, literally give me five seconds to a minute. Just give me your thoughts. Todd Bowley says it wasn't their decision. Disrespectful, blown out proportion. They're both. Hit me. Yeah, I mean, I, I can. All I want to say on it is that I think that it's a good learning curve for some people on social media and elsewhere. I think that it just it's a prime example of how quickly people can overreact without knowing the facts of any situation, and you can take that 
um, for anything, transfer news, um, player quotes, any any quotes, anything like that at all, you know, press conferences, Potter's words taken out of context. And I think it's a prime example of how people on social media in particular like to find anything to jump down without waiting to hear the full story, the other side of the story, and the full facts of the situation. People are just too quick to react. And I just think that is a prime example of it there because Bowley's come out. It wasn't our decision. You know, yeah. stop over, move on. Lady. Um, I'm going to just make it like one second to be fair. Nonsense. Because <laughs> it was pure nonsense. It just... <laughs> like, you know... Like... Like sometimes, because obviously for our jobs, like we're on social media probably more than we would ever be. Like for me, I, I only made a Twitter account a year after I had my channel out because I, I didn't have social media for nothing. I've never really been like a social media type of guy. Obviously, I was born in the 90s. I was just like born before that generation where I guess social media was important. But um, like for me, it just it's a constant reminder, like the insights you get when you're actively on it longer than you have to be. I feel like you start to get like a bit of an understanding behind like how people think, what they react to, certain pattern recognition, right? And um, as you guys gave me the question, I had to put out a quick little poll just to see like what the reaction was. And it kind of cements my point about what social media does. So it's only been like what, one minute. It's been like 100 votes. So far, 75% of people have said it was an overreaction. 25% right. people have said it's a reaction. That's based on 100 votes so far. And, and that's what social media does, man. Like, the the small minority are very, very vocal. And because these social platforms are all about promoting negative stuff because it gets interactions, sometimes these issues look way bigger than they actually are. And, and it's kind of mad that even Todd Bowley even had to put out something because, uh, you know, you're seeing just the, the constant promotion of this like, stupid, petty drama. Not gonna lie, like, I'm not gonna mince my words here. Like, if some things are too stupid, I've just got to say it's stupid. And I just kind of think that this is what social media can do sometimes, you know, overblow situations that aren't situations. And from this little, like, since the pause out right now, it's been like, I think, what, two minutes right now? How many votes is that? Okay, 106 votes. 91.5% of people have said it's an overreaction, and 8.5% so far of 100. So I'm sure in the next 10 minutes, 30 minutes, there's gonna be a similar number. And it's just like, this is what I mean. No one really cares. It's not really a story. It's just, just only a few like fanatics care about that. And I, and I wish we could learn how to just ignore them and not give interactions because then we won't yeah. see it in the timeline and then no one cares and no one talks about it. Facts. A few carers floating around. There always will be. Um, and a lot, and a lot of these cars just do it for interaction, like you say. Just don't bother clicking on their thing. That's what I do. Just don't bother following. Yeah, like, obviously, we like we we obviously we know. Like, come on, we know the game. A lot of people play with their big accounts, right? In terms of how they're Facts. growing their numbers, how they're promoting things, the strategies and tactics, how they jump on stuff, and this AI stuff that's out there too. You think these guys aren't just now using ChatGPT to put their tweets out and say so put it in the style of this guy and that guy? I mean. It's just a lot of fake stuff that gets overblown a lot of times. And I, I find more peace now just ignoring it and not letting it rile me up. Because, I, because again, I had no experience using social media because I was never on Twitter before I had YouTube. I was never on Instagram or nothing like that. I was stupid and naive. But I thought, okay, if I, if I actually speak to someone online like I would in real life, that's what you have to do. But <laughs> it doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that at all. 100%. 100% agree with you. Yeah, for me, nonsense as well. I'm glad that uh, Ray's son, I believe, came out, right, and said, like, hey, we're, it's fine. 
Yeah, yeah we, we appreciate yeah. the club checking in. It's fine. And a bit of common sense prevailed. I think we always need that reminder in life and especially on social media that common sense is a real thing. It's very important and you should probably have some. So yeah. let's just think of that. Let's move on sharply. Yeah, final question of the pod, uh, Nini, the final discussion point um, is the summer. Um, summer transfers. You know, I'll give you a very vague, you know, open-ended question, Nini. What do we need in the summer? I think this is obviously you've made it open ended, so expect me to have a long answer. But um, <laughs> <laughs> I hey, feel like guys. it's so it's so it's so difficult because like if you asked me this like a month ago or a few months or back in January, yeah, come on, this is so obvious. Once we do this, then we do that. This happens, boom, we're back in the game. But as I learned myself in January, like just because you've got like amazing individual talent, unless there's like proper structures that they're actually familiar with in terms of like knowing each other's game and playing in that, you can lose to the weakest team if that's not on point, which I've learned. Um, I do kind of feel like, for me, I want to get more of an idea of who's going to be sold more because mm. I do kind of feel like we need to have a squad that has like a proper full identity. I feel like for the past few years, managers have tried to create that. There's always been like a few finishing touches, like the most important ones they need that they never get. And then we're going back to the drawing boards. And, and, and I'm saying that because it's like, okay, I know that we need to get a striker. You know, I'm looking at certain positions where it's like, oh, that cross in the books or Havertz, you know, this was like an awesome hint. He doesn't need five headers to score a goal. Like this guy's probably the best header of the ball alongside Benzema in the world right now. I mean, he's scoring with his head for the past few games now consecutively for Napoli. And it's just like, this guy would make sense with how we play. But then at the same time, obviously, if he's in the team, that means another attacking player is at the team. And I'm thinking to myself, Mudrik, Nkunku, Felix possibly staying, Kai Havertz. I get it might be a Man City thing of rotation in that, but I feel like it's a very delicate balance in that to get that all right. Like, when do I use these guys at the right time against this opponent? I think it can happen because that's what Porter is known for doing. But it's not as simple to get that sorted. So for me, it's like, okay, who is leaving like for example if Mount left which would be like a massive like shock if that was to happen how we play what we're doing who replaces and becomes a different story than in terms of what we do right so I, I feel like obviously starting with the basics a goalkeeper for sure because like I think either one of Mendy or Kepp is going most likely Mendy at this point in time defense is bring back cold and sign no one in defense we don't need that I'd probably say a midfield player but then again it gets interesting now because Cover has a, this thing of coming back in form at the right time. Every I don't know how he does it. Like he'll play so like below his standards, and then he'll just come back as if like this was a fugazi. Like this never happens. You 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 imagine this in your head the whole time. So he's looking really good alongside um, Enzo and with Kante back too. We don't even know how Kante's going to look, but we know that the club are behind the scenes have been patiently just like resurrecting this guy, putting him in the hyperbolic time chamber just allowing him to like Thanks. heal up in his own time can say it's an anomaly type of player like an Enzo for me where if you have someone like him fully fit he's like a different level you add into your team so then it's like if I've got cover if I've got Enzo if I've got Ruben and I've got Kante like in midfields I, I, I maybe you're going for like another ball winning mids but then haven't we signed one of the best team talents Andre Santos that we actually wanted to use right now. And we really tried hard to do that. With. I look at the midfield a little bit differently now. And it's like, it's actually not that bad when you actually see it like that. And who are the, who are the, the main targets? Maybe a deck and Rice. I think Rice in terms of leadership for sure. 
but again, it comes down to what I said at the start. Who we sell determines who we buy now, in my opinion. I think maybe a striker, um, goalkeeper, maybe the two key ones. But anyone else depends on who we sell. And, and, and even for the striker thing, yeah, obviously I can see how that makes sense so much. But then I, I, I even forgot to say in Kunku, for good sake, like he's coming in in the summer. And like, it's been a weird one because Porter recently has been using like a pacey guy up front with like two attacking mids alongside. We look quite dangerous having like a, a guy with proper pacing behind that can really stretch teams and, and free up spaces in that. I'm thinking if I can add an Nkunku maybe doing something like that, do we then need an awesome hen? So I feel like I, I need to put my hands up. This is like uncharted territory for me. I don't really have an answer. I'm just going to trust the management, the transfer team, and hopefully they know what to do because I, I I don't know if I'm honest with you. It's quite refreshing for you to say that actually in a world of opinions and uneducation yeah. and I know everything and why have I not got a job at Chelsea Football Club? <laughs> <clears throat> so it's quite refreshing, my friend, and fair play to you. It's not easy. That's why I get paid the big bucks to do it, right? Yeah. So um, give me some, just give me names. Go, names. Who do we need to sign in the summer? We need, we need a backbone, I think. We need uh, we need a spine of the team. So we need a goalkeeper. We need a defender. Colwell is the defender. Um, we need we need a DM. I still think we need a DM. Just yeah. purely because I think Enzo would benefit from a, a true DM. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, he, you know, he could be a bit more free. And we need a striker. Names, I mean, I've got my dream names. I'd love to see, but are they going to happen? That's another story. I'd love to sign Osserman, who's going to be ridiculously expensive. Declan Rice, as everyone knows, I want for yeah. the Colwell at the back and goalkeeper, I think. Um, maybe in uh, Onana, I think, would probably be one of my choices up there um, as a priority. But yeah, I mean, it could be anyone, but I think those are the key positions we need. Yeah, no fair plays. Uh, we're switching over here live and direct to Los Angeles, California. And rumour has it that Todd Bowley is currently writing that down on his grocery list as we speak. So. We'll see if he, can get, if he can get that done. Over, he's going to head down over to uh, to Rouse, as they call it. That's, Rouse is up to Morrison's, you know, over here um, in LA. Hey, so he's okay, going to head over there to see what he can get. I'll take see notes. What he can do. <laughs> take notes, for sure. <laughs> so good names there, for sure. I mean, the biggest one, I'll, obviously, no secret, I want Declan Rice. I'm getting worried about it, to be honest. I want him. Um, so I think he's going to be huge and a goalkeeper. Uh, I'm with you, kind of. Um, nearly on the, on the striker. I said it on the podcast the last couple of weeks. This being, he's good. He just doesn't get me buzzing as much as other people, to be honest, because for a couple of reasons. Number one, um, I'm not sure. You know, I like what I see from him. I just don't know if he's going to be a 30 man guy, 25 man guy in the Premier League. And I say that about everyone, too. So, yeah. Um, and number two, I don't know if we actually really, really need him right now, kind of to your point. Mm. Um, you know, so, but I take him. Don't get me wrong. If we sign him, I'll be buzzing. But yeah, I'm not. I'm not buzzing over him. Yeah, I, I get you because it's like for me, if you sign a striker like Osman, it's like you're going to be the one of the main like goal threats in the team, right? Like we're going to, in a way, make chances for you, so you can be hitting 25 goals, hopefully 30, if even that. We've, we've never really seen that magical number ever really here. But um, but then it's just like we've also signed a lot of guys that also get goals, like in Kunku, Mudrik mm. is a goal threat. You know, Felix Havertz. To balance all those guys out, I feel like maybe if it was like some AI robot manager that was doing things, he could probably do it powerfully because he's got no emotional ties or nothing. But right. it's a lot harder doing that in real life and then finding the balance. And I don't forget me, have got guys like Sterling and Madweke. Like, come on, man. It's it's, it's, a, it's a hard one. 
And I don't want to be in a situation where like you're just signing proper top talents. Certain guys' potential is getting affected because there's no proper game time or the, the way we're looking to create doesn't really suit them. And doing what we're always doing over the years, right? Just kind of wasting potential that we had. And I, I look at something like a Pulisic. I thought like that season he had under Lampards, it's a bit of a madness that he didn't really push on from that. I mean, he was like a proper like potential talent, but he really impressed me. I, I wasn't expecting him to be that good, actually. So, and I kind of feel like he hasn't been the same because we didn't really play that way anymore when there was no role for him. Then he just became mids after a while. So, yeah, I feel like if you want to get like a striker that's getting 25 goals, awesome man, you're changing how you play. But maybe just spread out the goals in the team. If some guys can get 10, some can, one can get 15, 18, one can get like 7 to 10. And, and, and that's balanced between like what's five, six players or, or seven. That's like what, at least what, 70 goals. 80 goals right there. So, yeah, I feel like that that is the important question that has to be answered. You know, what type of team do you want to be in the final third right now? Because we've got a lot of yeah. talents that can get goals. Like Sterling too, for God's sake. So just signing a striker isn't as simple for me right now. 100%. 100% agree with you. Good problems to have, good questions to ask, plus our initial group of staff coming into the season. We shall see. Quick fire, Nini. Got you. Got to be fast, mate. Okay, it's I'll quick fire. Fast. <laughs> it, it, it's literally one word answers, mate. It's 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 rapid. It's I'll do my best. <laughs> it's Mudrick flying down the wing. That's okay, what it is. Okay, it, I, I, it's that it's that quick. I've got five questions for you. Boom. Um, I, I do. I wait for out the terms and conditions. We are 123 episodes in. We've never had to cut a quick fire out of a podcast wow, today. Okay. So, however, if you say something absolutely outrageous, it's going to be cancelled. <laughs> I'll, I'll do it for you. I'll do it for you. But okay, we haven't no had to do it yet. Then. All right, cool. Easy. You'll find it easy, I promise. All right. Okay. Question one. We've asked these questions before, so they're, they're not, you know, they're not brand new. They're not really tailored to you necessarily because, you know, you're too, you're not, you don't give us really anything to go after, unfortunately. You're too, you're too calm. So, pretty box standard stuff. Yeah, yeah. That's no, good. I respect it. Trust me. <laughs> Enzo Fernandez, is he a six, is he an eight, or is he a ten? Four. A L L. We'll go with it. We'll fly with it. Mudrick, fire or flop? Fire. Pure fire. Yeah, back it. Like I back it. Chelsea are going to sign one mid. We are going to sign a midfielder, by the way. I think it's we are whatever we think on this podcast. I think Chelsea are going to sign a midfielder. Who's it going to be though? Rice. Oh, oh, I hope so. I bloody hope so. Chelsea are finishing blank in the league this year. Oh, seventh. Mm. I'm thinking eighth, so you're ambitious. I like it. <laughs> Final question of the Signed Dog Chelsea podcast, podcast one, two, three. How long does Graham Potter last? Two years. Oh. So two more seasons from this season? I, I think we're going to do better next season. And if we do better, it'll be another season then. Because Potter okay, wants these guys to be a long term. So it's up to Potter. Two more years. He done pretty well. Done pretty well there. Well done, my friend. Excellent start. He does it all. He, he's an eight. So the question, if, if question one was, what is Nini? He's an eight. He's box to box and he does it all. 
Yeah. That's that funny because I used does. to like playing that position when I was younger too. There you like, go. Hey, full circle. Bit of everything. Yeah. Hey, we've done our research. We do that. <laughs> we, know. We, know. We, do, we, do, we do our research on our guests, don't we? We know that. What a pod. What a pod. Yeah. I, I, it's one of them ones where you can go again. I, I could go again another hour. I really could. It'd be easy. And that only means that we have to get you back on again, Nini. So don't go hiding. Yeah. Don't, don't run away from us. We're get you back on. Absolutely. You have my DMs, man. Coach McCarthy, yes. I'm ready, man. Yeah, I, 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 when you have seven kids, send them over here. We'll make a seven side team. We'll, we'll be bossing it. <laughs> we'll, be, we'll be bossing it. Easy. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. Easy work. Love it, man. Love it. Uh, before we wrap up the show, Nini, this is your chance to, again, apps, I always say it to a lot of the big, obviously the big dogs in the Chelsea space. I'll be shocked if they don't already know where to find you, what, what's coming up. But here's a chance. Plug yourself where you are, where you're at, where you're going, what's coming up. Go. Of course, you guys find me on social media, Nimi FC, and find me on Blue Lines TV on YouTube. That's if you like content where you want to, you know, you want to get to the reasons behind why. You want to have a conversations behind that. You're a bit bored and tired of, oh, this guy's crap, this guy's good. You're, you're bored of like black and white conversation. You want to have something where you can kind of think and have your own opinions because that's what my community is about. You know, come there, share your thoughts and opinions, and let's have a conversation. Love it, man. And Nini, give us a little teaser. What's coming up for you? Anything big coming up for you in the next couple of weeks, months? Um, Maybe one or two things. One or two things. Um, But I don't want to say nothing too yet. Like, just yeah. yet, though. I want to keep things under wraps until there's a bit more concrete before I start, you know, affecting my feet in that. So, yeah, let, let's see how it goes. So, so basically, guys, translation, something's coming. Just be ready for it. He's cooking. He's cooking. He's got the stove on. Yeah, we'll like see. It. We'll see. <laughs> like it. Stay tuned. Blue, blue Lions TV. Stay tuned to it, people. Cy Phillips, lasting message of thoughts and feelings and emotions and rationale to the subscribers. Final thoughts. That was an incredible podcast. I know a lot of people were looking forward to having Nini on. I had a few messages before like when I announced that, that Nini was coming on. So hope you enjoyed that. I definitely enjoyed it. Um, I am now going to interview Frank LeBeouf and that will be out. His column will be out tomorrow morning. Um, I'm going to ask him many similar questions to what we just went through then and get his opinions, which are always very lively. Uh, but as always, thanks for tuning in, guys. I really appreciate that. Boss, boss, we're just rolling from one thing to another. Nini, first time, definitely not the last time. Thank you so much for coming on, man. And obviously, thank you to the uh, to the listeners and the subscribers as well for all your love and support. And, you know, we know, like you, like I said, you were very excited to hear this one. So hopefully it was as good as it as it uh, was expected to be, which I think it yeah. was even better. Oh, no, it was, like, it, was, it was a sick one. Like, obviously, I'm smiling all the time, so I definitely had a good time. And I, I, and I don't smile for free, so I'm very, like, you know, you have to make me smile. So it's got to be worth it, you know what I mean? So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, guys, it's been a sick go. one. Where we go, we've got a Nini seal of approval. Hopefully, we've got yours <laughs> too. So make sure you get look at listen to that soon. Until next time, obviously, we're on the international break right now. So for those of you who are out there, Stay patient. Try not to be so negative and hating on the on the platform. You know, Chelsea, are, you know, they're much better than we were a month ago. So let's just remember that. The lads are away with their international teams, hopefully getting a nice mental break from the Chelsea scene and London scene. They can come back refreshed and ready to push again. So let's stay positive out there. Uh, and for those of you who are out there, stay safe, stay well. I know there's a lot of bad weather flying around. Climate change is real clearly. So make sure you stay safe. But we'll be back next week with an episode of 124. It'll just be me aside. So yes, we will bring back the music. We will bring back Dan singing because people absolutely love it. I'm not gonna, I, I've had a lot of obviously love about that. So we'll bring it back. And until next time, thank you very much for your support. Take care. Bye-bye.